0: This is the Roast and Reason podcast. Join your host, Andrew Boyer, as we explore the world of specialty coffee. So grab a cup of your favorite coffee, and let's dive in. Welcome to Roast and Reason. Hello, my dear friends and fellow coffee lovers. Welcome back. I am psyched that you made the decision to spend part of your busy day with me, so thank you for doing that. Hopefully this episode will be entertaining and educational. That is always my goal with this podcast. Today we're going to focus on one of the coffee-producing regions of the world, just like we have done in prior episodes. So if you are new to the podcast and you find this information in this episode interesting, be sure to check out some similar prior episodes. I've done one on Ethiopia that was a two-part episode, Costa Rica, and Indonesia. But today, we're going to focus on Kenya. But before we go any further, I'd like to give a shout-out and a thank you to a member of the Roast & Reason community. Alvin reached out to me a few months ago and asked a question about Kenyan coffee, and specifically the grading or classification scale that is unique to coffee from Kenya. Maybe you've encountered this already. Something on a bag of Kenyan coffee that says AA or AB, both letters capitalized. That's their grading or classification system. And we will definitely discuss that in this episode. So Alvin, thank you for the recommendation and thank you for the inspiration to do this topic on the podcast. So now let's talk about Kenya, one of the major coffee-growing regions and countries in Africa and in the world at large. The country of Kenya, which is officially known as the Republic of Kenya, is located in East Africa, bordered by Tanzania to the south, Uganda to the west, and South Sudan, Somalia, and Ethiopia to the north. And while its northern neighbor, Ethiopia, is the birthplace of coffee, Kenya really didn't begin growing and producing coffee until relatively late in the grand scheme of things in terms of global coffee production. Coffee was actually introduced to Kenya in 1893 by French missionaries who brought coffee, who brought the Bourbon variety of coffee from the island of Bourbon or Réunion, Just as a point of reference, the first coffee exports out of Ethiopia were in the 1600s. So coffee wasn't even introduced into Kenya until some two or 300 years later, even though it directly borders Ethiopia. At the time coffee was first introduced to Kenya, the region was not an independent country. It was under British colonial rule. And it was officially at that time called British East Africa. The region was renamed Kenya in 1920 after its highest mountain, which is called Mount Kenya. During British colonial rule, many British and other European farmers first started farming coffee. They settled in the central highlands of Kenya, right around Mount Kenya and became very successful and very wealthy farmers, mostly farming coffee and tea. At first, coffee in Kenya was produced on these very, very large estates, controlled by these British or European farmers, and the crop was immediately exported and sold in London. That all changed in 1933 when the Coffee Act was passed, which established a Kenyan coffee board, So this move effectively moved the sale of coffee back to Kenya from London. Several years later, the Kenyan coffee auction system was established, as well as the coffee classification system that we will talk about a little bit later. Both were created in an attempt to improve both quality and marketability of Kenyan coffee. British rule of the region began to slip in the 1950s, with the political uh, and rebel Mau Mau uprising, not surprisingly, at the same time, the monopoly on coffee farming held by the European and British farmers in Kenya also began to slip. Something called the Swinnerton Plan was instituted in 1954, which set into motion numerous agricultural reforms that basically increased native Kenyan land holdings and allowed Native Kenyans to produce more cash crops, things like coffee or tea. So this these changes really marked the beginning of the transition from coffee farming controlled by British colonialists to control with native Kenyans. Kenya then gained its independence in 1963 and since then has continued to produce extremely high-quality coffee. And coffee may not have the same cultural importance in Kenya as it does in its neighboring Ethiopia, but it is one of the major agricultural crops of this country and one of the major sources of export income. And because of this, there is significant education and research and development related to coffee in Kenya. Most Kenyan coffee farmers and producers are very highly educated in the coffee industry and consistently produce amazing coffee. So the question becomes, what do these amazing coffees from Kenya taste like? Are there unique flavor profiles? And the answer is yes. So coffees from Kenya have a huge variety of different flavors and qualities and cup characteristics. So there's a huge amount of variability here. However, just like Ethiopian coffees tend to have a fairly characteristic flavor, for example, dominant citrus notes and a tea-like quality, and just like Indonesian coffees have a pretty classic characteristic, like classic earthy or jungly flavors or quality, Kenyan coffees also tend to have very characteristic flavors. While washed Ethiopian coffees typically have citrus flavors, Kenyan coffees tend to be a little bit more on the berry side of things, and not like blueberries, which you classically get in a natural processed Ethiopian, but it's more like blackberries or raspberries here, or the unique flavor characteristic found in many Kenyan coffees is described as black currant. Additional flavors like raisin or other dried fruit are not uncommon either. And the real unique thing about these coffees is they have almost a wine-like quality or kind of a thick, syrupy, savory, stew-like quality, almost like tomato soup. And just like a big, bold red wine or tomato soup, these coffees have a very strong acidity to them. And obviously these are just generalizations and not all Kenyan coffees are going to have these flavors. But these are fairly unique flavor notes in coffee. So if you ever detect a coffee that has kind of this savory, stew-like flavor with some tomato-like acidity, blackcurrant flavors, and blackberries thrown in, you can make a pretty good guess that you're drinking a Kenyan coffee. So that's the classic flavor profile of Kenyan coffee. There's also a classic and unique grading or classification system. And it's, this is unique compared to any other coffee growing area of the world. Kenyan coffee is subject to its own grading system. And maybe you've encountered this already. It's relatively common to see a Kenyan coffee listed as AA or AB. But what does this actually mean? And this classification system is actually pretty frequently misunderstood. So let's discuss this. Let's talk about what this actually means. The the whole Kenyan coffee classification system was first devised in 1935. And the goal here was to give coffee buyers and consumers relevant information about the type or quality of coffee that they were buying and to help market Kenyan coffee throughout the world. The grading system does not tell you where this coffee comes from. It doesn't tell you the growing conditions and it doesn't tell you the variety of coffee. All of the classifications that we are going to talk about can come from the same crop or farm or processing mill. And let me repeat that because it's kind of important here. The same crop of coffee, all from the same farm, from the same trees using the same growing and processing techniques, same variety of Arabica coffee plant, processed the same way at a single coffee mill, will produce coffee that will be sorted into each of these different categories or grades that we're going to talk about. This grading is performed by passing coffee through a series of filters or sieves, each with different hole sizes. So literally you put coffee kind of in this big sieve or colander-like thing, shake it about, and the coffee falls through the holes relative to its size until it gets to a point where the coffee bean is big enough that it's not able to pass through the next hole size. So let's pause for a second. Did you all get what I just said? The, co- the, the whole Kenyan coffee classification system is based on size, right? So it put in this big sieve, shaken about. The coffee beans fall through the holes if the hole is bigger than the coffee bean itself. And then it gets stuck at a certain point. It's not about taste or farming techniques or mouthfeel. It's about size. And that's kind of where the downfall of this grading system comes in. And that's, it relies on a very large assumption. And that assumption is that coffee bean size correlates with quality. As a generalization, this actually is the case. Larger coffee beans will typically be healthy and well-developed. While on the other hand, beans that fit through the smaller holes in this big sorting device will be smaller sometimes diseased or nutrient-poor, uh, or even broken fragments of larger beans. And, and neither fragments or diseased or underdeveloped or unripe beans will end up producing a great cup of coffee. So this, correlate, co- this correlation is, for the most part, true. But the problem is it's a weak correlation. And especially as specialty coffee consumers, we're we're likely to only encounter a few of these grades, and and they'll all be the higher ones. Most commonly, what we're going to encounter are AA and AB. Want to know the real difference? AA is slightly larger than AB. That's basically it. Depending on the growing conditions or the location or the quality of, of farming techniques, you are very likely to encounter an AB coffee that tastes better than an AA coffee. So this grading system does not necessarily tell you anything about taste or quality. It tells you about size. So in many respects, it's about marketing, if you think about it. But let's take a step back and actually examine the different classifications and talk about where this correlation between size and quality does really hold. We will begin with the largest size of Kenyan coffee, and that is the E grade. And E here stands for elephant coffee. And again, this is not a specific coffee tree or variety that produces large beans. There is one of those. It's called the Margotipe Arabica tree, I believe mostly found in Brazil. But here, they're the same coffee trees, But this is an abnormality where normally there are two coffee beans in each coffee cherry. And the abnormality that happens here is that two coffee beans fuse to form one elephant or giant bean. These beans are large, deformed, and have an irregular shape. E-grade is pretty rare and makes up a, a tiny, tiny fraction of the entire coffee crop. So you're likely to not encounter this. And despite what you may have heard, size is not everything here, folks. These giant beans actually tend to be very fragile, and they're they're prone to breaking apart during processing or during roasting. So this huge elephant coffee may actually not be as good of a quality as an AA or an AB. So let's go to those next more common Classifications. And the next we come to is AA. Historically, Kenyan AA has been regarded and marketed as the best coffee the country has to offer. You're likely to see this designation all over bags of Kenyan coffee here in the States or in Europe. AA coffee beans are separated using a screen size of 18 with holes about. 7.22 millimeter. You don't need to know any of that, but that's what defines AA. AA and the next two grades that we're going to talk about are considered export-worthy grades of Kenyan coffee. And so the second export quality or export grade and the second most common grade that you're likely to encounter is AB. AB. And AB is slightly smaller than AA. It's separated using screen sizes of 16 and 15, which corresponds to hole sizes of 6.8 millimeter and 6.2 millimeter. Again, you don't need to know this. Don't listen to anyone that tells you something like this. AB coffee is good, but it's not quite special enough to be considered AA. That's bullshit. It's just smaller. It may be less tasty of a coffee, but it actually may be a higher quality coffee. AB is just smaller, slightly smaller than AA. So if you have a favorite coffee roaster, and I'll name a few at the end of this episode that offer amazing coffee, and one of them offers a Kenyan AB coffee, don't shy away from it just because it's not AA. That correlation doesn't hold that strictly. It's not like AA is A plus back in school and AB is an A minus and you just didn't do enough on that test to get an A plus. Not not how this works here. So we're going to move away from the A's and come to the third export worthy classification. And this one you also may come across as well. And that is PB, which unfortunately does not stand for peanut butter. I'm sorry. PB stands for pea berry. And what is a pea berry? You might be asking me. So normally, again, there are, there are normally two coffee beans inside each cherry. Coffee beans are flat on the one side. So if you look at a coffee bean, it's flat on the one side, right? And that's the side that's pressed up against to its up up against its twin bean. So two coffee beans kind of squash next to each other and they're flat on the side that faces the other bean. But occasionally in about 5% of most Arabica coffee crops, one of those two beans does not form. And so the remaining bean doesn't have anything to press up against. And it forms a unique round or oval shape. And that's a pea berry. Pea berries tend to be separated from the rest of the coffee crop for a few reasons. The most important in my mind is that their unique size and shape means that they will, they will roast at a different rate than other coffee from that same crop. And when it comes to coffee roasting, or cooking, or grilling for that matter, you want consistency. You want a consistent roast level in each of your beans to get the best flavor from your coffee, which requires a fairly uniform and consistent bean shape and size and density. You don't want some of the beans that you throw in the roaster to be totally different than the other beans. You're going to get very inconsistent and bad roast results. So that's one of the reasons why pea berries are separated. Some people also argue that pea berries have a unique flavor. I'm not sure I totally buy that, but regardless, they do tend to be a bit of a novelty because they're uncommon. And so you will commonly find bags of Kenyan coffee or other origin coffee that is just peaberry. And actually one of the recommendations that I'll give you at the end of the episode is Kenyan peaberry coffee. So let's move on to kind of the lower grade coffees. And there are there are th- three others: C, TT, so the letter TT, and then T. And that's going from larger to smaller. So here we're now getting into kind of smaller beans. And as we get into TT and T, we're getting into broken fragments of beans or diseased beans. So here we really are getting to a point where the smaller the bean is, the, the lower in quality it is. But... Again, as a coffee consumer or even as a home roaster in the States or in Europe, you are unlikely to ever come across these classification systems. There are two additional different classification systems or different classifications that are kind of an exception to the rule, and those are MH and ML. And these are an exception because they are not related to size at all. These, so M-H and M-L, stand for BUNI heavy and BUNI light. And Booney is spelled differently than it's pronounced. So in case you ever come across it in writing, just so you know, it is spelled M-B-U-N-I, BUNI. BUNI roughly translates into NATURAL. But don't confuse this natural classification system as the good, well-done, natural processed methods of other coffees in the world. Like this is not a natural Ethiopian or a honey processed Costa Rican. This is totally different. So unlike good natural processed coffees, these boonie coffees are are frequently neglected. They fell off the tree on their own. Maybe they were never picked. They're underdeveloped. So they're notorious for their inconsistent quality and flavor, and you are unlikely to ever come across them as a coffee consumer. So that's the spectrum of grading or classification systems related to Kenyan coffee. And again, I kind of find the Kenyan coffee classification system to be not all that important for the average specialty coffee consumer, mostly because the differences between an AA and an AB are really only size. Um, And I don't find it to be reliable that an AA is going to taste necessarily better than an AB. But what I do think is important to look out for are a few unique and important coffee varieties that come from Kenya and that are unique to Kenya. And the big ones that I want you to look out for are the names SL28 and SL34. And yes, I I know these names sound a bit like a robot. It's kind of like R2D2. But these coffees are freaking delicious and they're really unique. You are not going to find these coffee varieties coming from other areas of the world. The SL weird name comes from their history. In the 1930s, the British colonial government controlling Kenya at the time hired a company called Scott Labs, there there comes the SL, to study coffee and determine which coffee strains in Kenya were best suited for production given the local environment. This coffee collected all sorts of data about cup quality and drought resistance and productivity, and they assigned each unique strain of coffee with a number. And at the end of their study, they reported that two specific coffee strains—the the, the strains that they gave the numbers twenty-eight and thirty-four—those were the best, and those were where Kenyan coffee producers should devote most of their time in order to have the best coffee industry. So there. We have SL28 and SL34. And these two different strains have subtle differences. For instance, SL28 is typically a little bit higher in quality, but is more susceptible to the fungal disease, leaf rust. But these differences are, are pretty minor. They're, they're really similar when it comes to flavor. And it's thanks to these specific Kenyan varieties that we get the amazing, unique Kenyan coffee characteristics that we've talked about before. Kind of that acidity, that tart berry, black currant flavor, whiny-like characteristic, raisin, tomato flavor, all of that. That comes mostly from these varieties. To be sure, the environment and the soil play a big role here as well. Most Kenyan coffee is grown in the central highlands, in volcanic soil, around Mount Kenya. But... I really believe that a huge component here is related to the coffee variety itself. And that's why you get really unique flavor characteristics in Kenyan coffees that you are very unlikely to find from coffee grown elsewhere in the world. Two other coffee varieties that I will mention. So SL28 and SL34 are the big ones that you're going to come across. And then there's the unfortunate variety of Riru 11 which was created in the 1980s by crossing SL-28 with a more disease-resistant coffee to try to create a coffee with the flavor of SL-28, but without the disease susceptibility. And there was a ton of hype about this variety, and Riru 11 was touted as this plant scientific success. The problem is the coffee doesn't taste very good. It often tastes pretty boring and bland and certainly doesn't consistently have the amazing and unique sought after characteristics of SL28. But you may come across this one as well. You're unlikely to come across Riru 11 uh, as a standalone. So you're unlikely to find a bag just of Riru 11. It's often mixed with SL28 and SL34. Um, But that's the third variety. And the fourth comes from the fact that the failure of Riru 11 didn't discourage scientists. They just kept working and experimenting and trying different crosses to try to come across this holy grail of a disease-resistant coffee that tasted as good as SL28. So in 2010, a new and improved variety called Batian was released. I have personally not tasted this coffee variety on its own, I've only tasted it with a blend of other varieties like SL28 and 34, but from everything I've read, it seems like this is a much better, new disease-resistant strain that preserves those desirable flavors, unlike what happened with Ruru 11. So Batian is definitely one to keep an eye out for moving forward. Most specialty coffees you're going to find from Kenya are still SL28 and SL34. If you look on the bag or on the website of most specialty coffee roasters that are offering Kenyan coffees, those are, those are the varieties that you're likely to encounter. And that's just what I'm going to recommend to you guys. So to wrap things up, I can't just talk about Kenyan coffee and get you all informed and excited and not give you some recommendations, right? I wouldn't do that to you guys. And all of these recommendations will highlight the classic Kenyan coffee flavor profile and characteristic because I want to give you a great reference for what really delicious Kenyan coffee tastes like. And here are a few recommendations. The first two will come from the coffee hotbed of Portland, Oregon. And the first one comes from a roaster called Case Study Coffee. They have an amazing AA Kenyan coffee that has delicious acidic berry fruit flavors and kind of has that classic savory stew-like quality. It's it's really amazing. This coffee contains all four of the varieties that we talked about. So SL 28, SL 34, Riru 11, and Batian. Um, Also from Portland. So the second recommendation is Heart Coffee Roasters. And I've mentioned these guys a bunch on the podcast before and there's a reason why. They are an amazing coffee roasting company. And they currently offer three different Kenyan coffees. All of them have the classic Kenyan profile, but each one is just a little bit different. So this would be a great way to sample the subtle differences and variety that you can find within different Kenyan coffees. I've tried all three of them, and I highly, highly recommend all of them. Another great place to turn for Kenyan coffee is Brandywine Coffee Roasters. These guys consistently offer amazing coffees from Kenya. Currently, they have one uh, available for purchase, and it's actually a Peaberry coffee. And it's it's amazing, it's delicious. It's a great excuse to check out a Peaberry coffee as well if you've never seen it or tried it. Um, And so there you have it, guys. Those are my three recommendations for some pretty classic and delicious Kenyan coffees to really highlight what we talked about in this episode and kind of bring everything full circle. Links to all of those recommendations and the three different coffee roasters will be up on the show notes page for this episode on roastandreason.com. So check them out there. Uh, And I want to thank you guys again uh, for hanging out with me today. I hope you will all join me for the next episode, which will air in two weeks. And until then, take care of yourself, my friends.